0: Welcome to Leather Brains, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amoruso, and Matt
1: Scotty Holtmeyer. We're live, baby, and welcome to Leather Brains. As always, I am your host, Slapdog, and I don't have Scotty with me today. I have. The man who took his family to Disney World—he's back. How <laughs> was Disney? Was it a good time? Yeah, it was a great time. Uh,
0: it's a—I uh, just—that's uh, a lot of—that's a lot of fucking people.
1: So, it is. A lot but of it people. was good. It was a lot of people. Good. It looked—it looked like a fun time. Um, you know, I'm—I'm I'm a little sad you didn't take your real family, us, the leather brains, daddies, uh, with you to Disney. But I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Did you have time to watch any of the games this week?
0: Uh, yeah, as you guys know, I was getting some flack. Uh, my wife actually took a picture of me. We were watching this Lion King show at Animal Kingdom, and I was also simultaneously watching the Chiefs and the Broncos play. (laughs) And so she took a picture of me and sent it to me, and I'm like, well, time to put the phone away. Uh, Yeah. But I tried. I tried my best.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny. I, you know, we, we talked about it last week just a little bit, and I was, uh, we missed you on, on our Monday episode, I was so excited. You, you were fired up in our group chat about that, that chiefs Broncos game. And I feel like there's going to be a lot to talk about this week as well with, uh, with the, the whole Texas, the Texans fiasco. So I'm sure we'll delve into that, but we did miss you last week. I know that, you know, we're not a Chiefs podcast. I gotta say it. Mm-hmm. I, there's a Chiefs there's a Chiefs helmet behind you. We're not, we're not, a chiefs. we're actually we're if anything, we're a dolphins podcast. Uh, yes. I think we've decided as a, as a team. Um, but nonetheless i am excited to talk about the chiefs as well as all the other games so this week was insane we had we had the snow game uh which was a great i was so excited for this game we had insane picks to close out the game we had record-breaking comebacks this was a whole week full of a bunch of stuff i think at this time we just got to get down to business alan that's what we got to do let's get down let's get down to business Let's kick it off. We're going to kick it off with the 49ers Seahawks game. Let's just let's jump right into this. There's a lot to dissect in a lot of these games here. But um, I, I think more than anything else, what needs to be said is this 49ers defense is really no joke. Like it is a, a the 49ers historically have been wonderful for as a defense. And, and really, that's, that's where we're at. But I want to talk about Purdy versus Lance here for just a moment, because it, it, <laughs> I got to talk about it, right? we We have a somebody who does some of our behind-the-scenes work for LB here. Um, He's very good friends with Trey Lance, and so I was kind of picking his brain a little bit, but I I think we need to talk about this on air because this is going to get spun in the media. If Brock Purdy continues to win for this 49ers team, what does this mean for Trey Lance going forward? I mean, what are are your initial thoughts on all this? Yeah, mine. I think mine is Purdy,
0: for whatever reason, he has that it factor i think that teams look for like on top of just leading a team you know it's you need that quarterback to just have that kind of like needs to pop he needs to have some you know some some grit about him and i know there's some nicknames for brock purdy um that we don't have to share but (laughs) i think that's part of it i think he won the locker room first and foremost i think if you if you look if you want to look at it and you want to see which quarterback you got to really look at the team like who do they want to play behind and Mm -hmm. Not that it wasn't Lance, but I think right now I think Purdy, I, you can tell they want to play for him, they want to see him do well, and I think honestly, like you can't really capture that in a forty time or any measurables or any kind of test you want to do. I think that just
1: I think you see what you see. So like it, you know, it, and for redraft this this question doesn't matter, but in a dynasty format, like w- if you own Trey Lance, would you be slightly afraid going like uh, as an own right now? Yeah, when you look at these players,
0: especially. In a redraft, well, I guess in a redraft, you're probably done. if you. Have yeah, to. it doesn't. Redraft is fine, but like a <laughs> dynasty, in a dynasty, I, you know, ebbs and flow, it's almost like the stock market. His stock's low, right? He's hurt. He's got somebody else there doing a job better than he did. And I think if you own him right now, you can't sell him yet because you don't, you never want to sell low. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're, I think you try to find someone else to stash along with him if he was part of your long term plans.
1: Yeah, it, it it is worth noting, and I don't know if you you got the opportunity to watch it after this game. They brought Kittle and Purdy out, and the composure from from Purdy, I was actually very impressed myself. Like the composure of this kid, he's just just like stoic. Like, yeah, we got the job done. Like he he, it was almost like, um, like pretend you've been here before, and and that was kind of what it looked like. And I was like, man. And then you got George Kittle, like the biggest goof in the world, sitting next to him, and he's just all <laughs> grinning and just having the time of his life and joking around and stuff and and he was very like yeah no i got you know w- we did this we got this taken care of and so if anything you know regardless of the lance purdy argument that i know the media esp and all those people because as he continues to win this is gonna then this is gonna be the narrative that is spread and there's a couple things i want to point out first and foremost brock purdy increased his stock value in the nfl period and, and oh, yeah. regardless of oh, if yeah. it's purdy or lance moving forward next year I'm still in the camp that it's Lance personally. I don't think that that the 49ers get rid of Purdy because I think they've maybe have kind of found a, a diamond in the rough, so to speak with Mr. Irrelevant. And so they want to keep him around, but it's, it's no, it, it, it should come as no shock to anybody. Jimmy G is not gonna be on the team next year. Jimmy G mm-hmm. was not gonna, he shouldn't have been on the team this year. So unfortunately Lance got hurt and it kind of worked out and then Jimmy G got hurt. So here we are. But, uh, I, I think Purdy is going to be the he's earned himself that QB two spot with potential argument to come in and, and compete with Trey for starting quarterback. Are we going to see a Nick Foles situation come out of this where he carries him to the Super Bowl and then this this whole thing, Carson well, Wentz, Nick Foles or what, you know, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I think
0: the thing to remember is as much as we want to make this about football, this is a business and they've invested in Trey and mm-hmm. they got to see if that investment's going to pay off. And it's just like the Carson Wentz. Nick Foles, they yeah. made an investment one way, they got to mm-hmm. see it out and see how it works. So unfortunately for Purdy, I think he he's going to be stuck for a second. Mm-hmm. But it's if he keeps winning, man, as much as they want to say, that's not a quarterback stat. I mean, that's what a lot of these
1: teams will, 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 100%. will shift towards if he's well, winning. And, and you look at it like like this. Jimmy G is not a good quarterback right I I think we we can probably all agree on that probably the best looking quarterback quarterback. what's that yeah sexiest quarterback for sure okay I'm glad we I'm glad we agree yeah but he's oh my God yeah (sighs) he makes me uncomfortable he 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 makes my girlfriend uncomfortable too um (laughs) yeah but he's not good he's not a good quarterback and so you get into this argument where is this offense like you could put a mediocre quarterback in there and still find success because of all the talent that they have around them. I mean, you've got Christian McCaffrey, you've got George Kittle. Unfortunately, deep out now as well, and this offense has struggled to stay healthy. But they have a Super Bowl roster. That's what they have, and so I'm I'm curious as to how this narrative gets spun of Brock Purdy's the guy because if you took Brock Purdy and you put him on the Patriots, do you find the same success, right? And so yeah, yeah, that that's part of the argument in my mind a little bit. I think is you have so much talent around him to help him succeed and so you don't need a superstar quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or somebody like that not that either of those don't have a lot of talent but arguably the 49ers have so much talent in every other position that they they don't need their quarterback to be make superstar incredible plays they need him to read his reads make his check downs and get the ball in the superstars hands 100 yep that's a system when they talk about
0: system quarterbacks and I know Tom got that rap for a long time but Literally, they got a great defense he can lean on. Just don't yep. turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. You know, get those four to five yards, make the defense, you know, have to defend for long stretches, crease them when you can, and then go to work. And that's, that's what they need. The yep. thing that Jimmy G could never do was make that clutch throw when they absolutely had to have it. And Purdy seems to step up and deliver when they have to have it a few times.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, you know, uh, <laughs> yet he's joking in the background. He said this offense would make Derek Carr look like Tom Brady. With all the weapons they have. So um, George Kittle for fantasy football, he is the tight end one on the week. He put up 25.3 fantasy points. Tough to beat. That is a very tough thing, especially in an early slated game when you're going against somebody like that and they put up that many points in, in a tight end spot. Uh, pretty tough. George Kittle. I, I think he's a must play the rest of the year. I think, especially with Debo going out and the usage that he's seen right here, um, he's a must play. The tight end position is so volatile and i think kittle has earned himself that right uh, cmc as we have predicted uh he is a, he's going to be the workhorse in this offense and he did very well as well he put up almost 26 fantasy points kenneth walker let's talk about him for just a moment for the seahawks here uh 12 carries for 47 yards not great and then he went four for five in the air for 32 yards Th- that is not a great out outing for kenny walker here But it is worth noting as we mentioned earlier this 49ers defense is no joke they are allowing the fewest points to running backs in the league kenneth walker gets a better matchup against your chiefs defense this upcoming week Mm -hmm. so i think that makes kenneth walker much more uh much more of a favorable play but i think the news for fantasy football managers as we ebb towards uh the championship for fantasy playoffs is tyler lockett is expected to undergo surgery to repair a fractured finger that he suffered late in this game so it is possible that he only misses one week which is is crazy and the seahawks are competing they 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 want to secure the seat in the playoffs in their division and they're they're kind of in a race with tom brady right now so they're they're gonna try and get all hands on deck but i think this makes dk metcalf a little bit more of a favorable mm-hmm. play
0: oh yeah i was gonna say the same thing i think dk um the chiefs are probably gonna load up to try to stop kenny walker like they mm-hmm. want to see gino beat him yeah um, and I think the the Chiefs have a young bad defense with two rookie corners a
1: lot out there and so I think you're gonna see a lot of favorable matchups for DK okay and and you know is Kenneth Walker a pretty good play for you this upcoming week against the Chiefs basically anybody against the Chiefs just play him
0: because <laughs> the Chiefs just give up
1: so many y- it's so
0: bad it's trash their defense is so bad yeah I think I think Seattle listen you know that they got a good coach still they got a more than capable line. I think that you're going to see them put up a lot of yards may not give up. They may not put up a ton of points. That's the only thing I think would happen mm-hmm. um, is the the red zone offense. But I think they, you're, they're going to put up a ton of yards. I would expect Walker to be over 100.
1: Okay. Uh, we'll move on to the Colts Vikings game. Matt Ryan has got to be the GOAT, right? I mean, he is the GOAT at blowing leads right? It was a 33 <laughs> point comeback at halftime. They had 33 points on the Vikings. This was the biggest comeback in NFL history. Absolutely absurd. You know, I was watching this game and, and, uh, and I'm like, you got the, 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 Vikings are the biggest frauds in the game. The Vikings are fraudulent, mm-hmm. especially given the absolute shellacking that the Cowboys gave the Colts the week previous. And then the Colts come out, but it, Really what I want to point out is is Matt Ryan didn't do a whole lot offense like to get points on the board. Like if you look at this, it was special teams and defense really helped carry them along. I'm not going to say Matt Ryan didn't help that, but there was certainly some game script that were favorable for them. I it, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the Vikings because what an absolute like I, I I would love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room at halftime. What the hell did you say to motivate your team to come <laughs> back and win by that that narrative. That's insane.
0: Yeah, well, for even like fantasy managers, you're watching your team, and you have any of the the Vikings, you're like, oh shit, like yeah, out in the first round, you're done, mm-hmm. it's over. And there's a lot of games like that this week where Absolutely. one half you thought you were out, and the next half you're like, oh, never mind, just kidding, mm-hmm. back to normal. And it's that's that's what happened this week. And I thought it was going to be just a Saturday thing, yeah, but then it happened on Sunday too. So I was like, well, shit, I guess that's just what this week is. <laughs> it must be in the air, but yeah, but that I think Matt Ryan, you look at him. It happened to him with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and yeah. a part of you is like, okay, they're a great team. That can happen. You know, you just didn't execute. That's unfortunate. That 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 sucks. And then it happens again. Now he's older. He's seen it. He's literally watched this movie play out in front of his eyes before. Like, just he just had to make a few plays. Like, there's just a few op- opportunities to
1: create different momentum, and they, that offense just couldn't do it. No, um, it's bad. Well, and it is worth noting Taylor going out exactly John Taylor. He got the ball one time and then he left the game due to an ankle injury and he did not return. He was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain that came out today and is unlikely that he will play again this season. Um, Pretty tough. I mean, there were so many people, myself included, that were counting on John Taylor as a focal point in this game as a starter for fantasy. And he was a complete bust, so. You got to make some pivots. We got some options on the waiver wire that we'll talk about later on. But, I I mean, devastating blow for fantasy managers. And and, um, for dynasty owners, you're probably okay. I'm not. I I own him in in two dynasty leagues. I'm fine. You know what? It is what it is. But in a redraft format, when you're pushing for a championship, that has got to be a very sad blow when you're counting on him. It is worth noting Zach Moss. He took 66% of the snaps after Taylor exited the game. He went 24 for 81. And then Deion Jackson took 30% of those snaps, 13 for 55. And he did get a touchdown. So pretty tough to see. Very obviously, if you started any of these wide receivers for the Vikings, you feasted. I mean, and you mentioned it a little bit (laughs) earlier at halftime, I was going against Justin Jefferson. And I, I was like, man, this is the this is this is awesome. Like he's he's putting up his worst performance of his season. While I'm going against him in a playoff run, never mind. Justin Jefferson put up 30 points. He went 12 for 16 for 123 and one. And he actually was not the leading receiver for these Vikings. It was KJ Osborne who put up 31 points, 10 for 16, 157 and one. And then you have Dalvin Cook as well. I mean, this whole team for fantasy football output, you were fine. <laughs> Even Adam yeah. Thielen put up over 10 points. So uh Dalvin cook went 17 for 95 and one and then he went four for four through the air for 95 and a tutty you were happy if you played him, and and Mm -hmm. you weren't at halftime in fact you were probably really upset with yourself but um at the by the end of the game you were happy
0: yeah score notwithstanding, and if you didn't look at like how the game played out and you look at the stats and you're like I mean some of these guys are a little higher you're like okay you know the Vikings are the Vikings you know but then you like as the, if you go back and replay every little chapter of this story, you're like, what the fuck? Did, yeah, what and sixteen happened? targets,
1: sixteen <laughs> targets for two different receivers, like it, absolutely absurd. So, uh, congratulations to Vikings fans. Congratulations to yeah. uh, breaking the record for the biggest comeback in history. Pretty cool, and it was cool to watch it. Like it, it my heart went out. You know, Jeff Saturday, I, I sent a tweet on our our Twitter uh, earlier and in the game, and I said Jeff Saturday is making all of us Madden coaches a little bit excited because yeah. he's he's shown and and if you look look I love Jeff Saturday he just looks like a guy that I want to play for I don't know if that's true never never <laughs> never heard him even talk but I look at him on the sideline and I'm like you kind of got the look about you man so yeah um tough tough blow he for does him. have that
0: shout out shout out to the the Atlanta Falcons fans though it kind of shifts people are going to post memes about the the Colts for a while now and they're kind of yeah. off the hook for for some of those score <laughs> memes. So we'll That's see, true. we'll see how that they fare. True.
1: <laughs> We're going to move on to the Browns versus the Ravens and probably the most boring game in NFL history. It's certainly up there. Uh, Browns win this game 13 to three. So Deshaun Watson, he, you know, he comes back from suspension and he's starting to get it. I'm not going to say he's there yet, And you know, the unfortunate reality is we're probably not going to get to see it very much until next year. That's kind of where we're Mm -hmm. at. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 4 for 4 for 31 yards and a touchdown. Donovan Peoples-Jones is wide receiver 23 since Watson came back from his suspension, meaning he's a usable wide receiver too, right? I don't love the 4 for 4. Obviously, you want to see more of a target share out of him, but you can't argue with the numbers. Then you've got Amari Cooper, 4 for 6 for 58 yards. He has been wide receiver 52 since Deshaun Watson has come back. So um, maybe a turning of the tides. Maybe we're seeing the the scales uh, shifted a little bit here. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll be interested
0: to see it. I think like you said, you know, he Watson couldn't practice with the team all year. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he was practicing and then rolled out there and was good to go. Like he wasn't getting those reps. And I think you're seeing that. Yeah. Um, game speed isn't all the way back for him. Um, yeah, it is very interesting with Cooper. I'm interested to see what they do in the offseason um, kind of fast forwarding their season to the end. But, um, right now it's just kind of very static. It's just kind of like, maybe I'll get a touchdown. It's almost like the Broncos. You're like, who's going to get that touchdown I need, you know, to, to, to make it worthwhile for a start. I think any of those wide receivers, if you're going to do it, just flex them and just kind of pray or cross your fingers here at the end. If that's what you're, if you have any of these guys to play at the end, that's where I have them. And it's just kind of like hopeful (laughs) that they catch that touchdown.
1: For sure, uh, Lamar Jackson was out this week. Um, he's expected to be back next week against Atlanta, so stay tuned for that. J.K. Dobbins did not look bad either, though. I mean, he since he's returned, he you know in this game he went thirteen for one twenty-five and no touchdown. Unfortunately, uh, both Dobbins and Justice Hill, the running backs behind J.K., played thirty-eight percent of the snaps. So uh, Hill kind of saw the third down work in the two-minute drill. Um, Gus Edwards only saw seventeen percent. So you could see in this game they were very run-centric right they didn't have Lamar out there um Mark Andrews was certainly not anywhere near what you wanted out of production for him I think he had like five fantasy points in total so not great pretty boring game I don't think there's much more to cover here so let's move on to the Buffalo Bills versus the Dolphins the snow game baby I was so excited for this uh Buffalo (laughs) wins this game 32 29 it was kind of heartbreaking but loved the snow game it was awesome it's kind of a letdown at the start, though, right? Like it was yeah. snow game,
0: snow game, and then they started, and it like they're like it's thirty degrees, no wind, and I don't see any snow except for in the stands. And you're like, what
1: the fuck? What am I watching? I what
0: happened? Yeah, Cause somebody well, owes because
1: like they showed previews, and there was like tractors scooping freaking snow oh, off the yeah. stadium, and I'm like, hell yeah, we're gonna get some snow. No snow until the, the fans until did. The, the fans set, <laughs> sat in snow. I
0: wonder what that was like standing and sitting in snow for a full game. I've never done that before. Kind of jealous. Bills fans got to live that.
1: I, well. I don't think they sat in it because they used most of the the snow on the seat to, to push it. it back onto the field. So they put it back onto the field yeah. for everybody to <laughs> push <laughs> So if you didn't see it or, or are unaware, um, Bill's mafia started throwing snowballs at uh, Dolphins players. And it was it was kind of comical because I was watching it, watching the game and dolphins were in the end zone. I want to say it was Jalen Waddle was running like an out route and I just saw like 50 snowballs flying by him while he's, while the play is live. And I'm like, holy hell, this is crazy. Um, And then I said something, it was, it was, it was absurd. And so I said it on Twitter. And then right after that, they actually paused the game uh, and they said, Hey, they put it on the scoreboard and said, you need to stop throwing snowballs, bills, mafia in turn did not stop throwing snowballs no. and then bills got a 15-yard penalty because the fans <laughs> would not stop throwing snowballs and then the fans started throwing snowballs at the refs because they gave them a 15-yard penalty right so you should have seen that one coming yeah absolutely you're, you're, i mean you know we're midwest boys you've been hit yeah. with a snowball i have yeah
0: an ice ball yeah that shit hurts it does hurt and i was seeing i mean that. they have helmets and pads on but I think if I was playing it would take everything in my power not to like try to grab it and like chuck it back like that's just a natural midwest reaction like It is
1: 100% You get hit with a snowball
0: that, it's coming right back that direction
1: I can't imagine like getting hit with an ice ball right in the face mask and then it breaks in your face mask and gets in your face like that would be so painful so <laughs> Oh yeah I understand it uh <laughs> for Tyreek Hill we'll talk about him for just a moment he went 9 for 13 for 69 yards and a touchdown uh he had a 46% target share which is, I mean, if you're getting out of a wide receiver, you've got to be really happy. He stated on Twitter, he will be better. So look for an improvement next week. I'm not sure. Uh, he's got the Packers. Um, Packers have a really good uh, pass defense. And then Jalen Waddle. he went three for seven for 114 and one. Not great. Obviously for fantasy. Yeah, he, he was great because of the 114 and one, but only uh, catching three of those seven. Chalk it up to a snow game. I'm not sure. Um, fourth quarter was insane. I mean, there was so much snow that I don't even know how players saw anything. I would have loved it. Yeah, like that game. That so cool. fun. So cool. Uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, for the dolphins, he, he actually looked electric to be honest with you. And and when I was watching him, I was like, there's no way Jeff Wilson's ever going to touch the ball again, because I thought Raheem Mostert looked great. 17 for one thirty-six. Agreed. Um, he saw one catch for 20 yards. He did very well. Dawson Knox also did really well. There was a lot of uh, other Stefan Diggs was actually pretty quiet in this one, to be honest with you. Um, Comparative to Stefan Diggs' numbers. Yeah. I think the last few weeks defensive have been playing him different and I think he's got
0: to figure out and Josh Allen's got to figure out how they want to attack these defenses. Yeah. The, the catches I did see Diggs make, like he really had to work for it. Like nothing was really easy. And, and on the other side with Miami, I think, you know, that was definitely a game plan. You could just see it from the start. And I think Tyreek and waddle, those are definitely lather guys. They got to get lathered up in the offense to really explode Mm -hmm. and. And so it was tough for them when they had to have it. They just that's that wasn't part of the game plan. You could tell they wanted to run it, take the air out of the ball, you know, shorten the game. And then when they had to switch on it, it was just it was a little different than what they had practiced all week.
1: Yeah. Uh, Last thing to note that I just wanted to touch on Devin Singletary and James Cook. They're continuing to split some time 60 40. I think this goes back to my argument that I said a couple weeks ago. I really do think that James Cook is going to be the starter next year. Like that's. That's where I'm at. So for those of you that are playing dynasty football and you're looking for a, a buy low running back, James Cook might be that guy because he is getting worked into this offense. At the beginning of the year, he was not. But Singletary's contract, he's on a contract year. He probably will not be back with the Bills. Not only that, Naeem Hines, the guy that they went and got, has not really been a a part of this offense whatsoever, and he's on a contract year. So James Cook, the rookie, I think is going to be a focal point. I've, I've stated this. Watch it. Let's in maybe a, a potential by low candidate for dynasty players. Um, besides that, we're going to move on to the Steelers Carolina game. Who cares? Question mark. Um, <laughs> it was Mitch Trubisky versus Sam Darnold. Gross. Right? Yeah, gross. Very gross. Uh, Nadia Harris went 24 for 86 and one. So, not great. If your running backs getting almost twenty five carries, I'd expect more than fourteen, almost fifteen points of fantasy production out of him. So I'm, you know, we have been very, or at least I don't know how you felt, but we as a podcast with with Scotty uh, Yeti and I have been very out on Najee Harris. I, I, he's not great. I mean, he's he's a pass catching back that is not being able to pass catch very well. But he does get the Raiders next week, who, who don't have a very good defense, and then the Ravens. So the the, the matchup is there for him. And then Deontay Johnson, he went 10 for 10 for 98 yards, 52% target share. Absurd. Freaking nuts. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really crazy. It is. Um, The running backs for the Panthers, because this is going to be a topic of conversation in the fantasy community. Chuba Hubbard actually took over the lead role for this. He went 63% of snaps. He only saw four carries for 10 yards. He went three for three for 57. So Foreman, 30%, 10 carries, nine yards. So I I think, and I don't know this because the Panthers are probably the most what the hell is this team team of the year. Um, But I think Chuba's kind of their pass down back is kind of the impression that I'm getting. And with game script and everything, I I think that's kind of why Foreman, they wanted to move the ball down the field. And Foreman, I think, is kind of their in-between-the-tackles-esque guy. And so I think that's why we saw more out of Chuba on this one
0: yeah that you see that i have lead i play foreman we don't have lead we're going to put chuba in
1: there yeah I think so that's what chuba chuba might be the guy for the rest of the year because the panthers are <laughs> off so yeah because they're not going to be go. in the lead very often but oh, they're cool. frisky the panthers are kind of like they're a team of what in the are. hell is this roster but they're like because their division's so bad they're kind of still in it it's they interesting the, everybody's in it in that division yeah which is 100%. wild. Hundred percent. So, I mean, is there anything else you really want to cover in this game? It's pretty gross. DJ Moore actually no. was usable. I guess if you want to talk about that for a moment, he went he five did. for six for seventy three and one. He's productive. Finally, I think yeah. people wanted to see that. It's just can he can that it's offense do stain, that again? Man. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, DJ Moore is a scary start for me. But uh, you know, once again, they get the Raiders, and that's very favorable for for uh, fantasy football fantasy football production so maybe you start in next week you know maybe we'll touch on that on next episode on our starts and sits um we'll move on to the Eagles versus the Bears because I did I did not expect this Eagles won this game 25 to 20. I did expect the Eagles to win let me state that but I didn't expect the Bears to be as competitive as they were Justin Fields man I I have so much respect for that young man I really truly do because He is getting the absolute piss Mm
0: -hmm.
1: knocked out of him every single play. And he's still out there. I watched this man. First off, Justin Fields, he went 15 for 95 and zero. So his passing is still not great. Uh, his run game though is very good. He went 14 for 21, for 152 yards and two touchdowns, giving him 23 fantasy points. I don't know if you saw you you had the opportunity to see this. justin Fields like limped off the field at one point and I was yeah. like oh this is really bad like he was very clearly in pain he could not put pressure on his foot and then he came back
0: he's wild I was watching this at a bar and it, I love watching I don't know if you have, if anybody goes to watch football game the Sunday football games out of bar it's interesting because you get a good mix of all of the fans so you hear mm-hmm every cheer and moan and groan and this game was had a lot of people in there watching and the bears fans were like so into it you could see the eagles fans were very nervous but i think man justin he he had a run that should have been a touchdown he stepped out but it was just insane it was like a 50 yard run i was like this man he he's just an athlete he is an athlete and he's a leader you could tell like you were saying he was hurt he wants to get back out there again like i'm excited for him if you can get somebody that can develop the passing game with him and yeah. find something that works, they kind of band-aided this season to try to get some production because the offense was doing nothing mm-hmm. and it, it's getting production in their end games, but they, they got to keep developing him and, and finding those windows and, and passing a little better, but I'm encouraged. He's a dude. He is a
1: dude. And like, you know, I think bears fans more than anything else, I think they want Justin Fields to get benched like for the rest of the season, let the kid get healthy. Let's see what he can do with hundred percent production next year. Because right now, like, what are you playing for? Right? Like, you know, let him get, help. obviously they're not going to, because it's the NFL and they're going to compete and try and do the best they can. And I understand that. But as a bears, I'm not a bears fan, but if I was a bears fan, I would be like, dude stop putting him in a situation to get like right. really hurt like kyler murray great example right kyler murray is he's he tore his acl he's done for the season and he probably will not be back for the start of next season which is that's problematic for me as a cardinals fan and and the cardinals organization don't risk justin hurt getting Justin Fields getting hurt. Justin hurts. Justin um, hurts
0: getting Jalen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Don't risk it. You know, it, he's looked great. Um, and, and then you got David Montgomery who did very well. He had, he went 12 for 53 and one. Uh, he also saw another touchdown, uh, through the air. So he, he went for 24 points. Um, that's really about all for the, for the bears. As far as, you know, Claypool and Mooney have not been great. I think that if you're a, the bears organization, you need to improve fields. arm. You need to improve getting the get moving the ball down the field through the air a little bit better because right now they're not doing it very well. So
0: yeah, you got to. I think the blueprints out there. You look at what the Bills did, yeah. What the Bengals have done. If you got a quarterback that you're you trust even the slightest, you got to get him weapons. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's it's just not going to happen.
1: Sure. Jalen Hurts is he the MVP this year? <sighs> it's hard to it's hard to not give it to him, isn't it? I I I agree. I mean you you watch him and I'm like, damn man, he is so good. He's so good. He he was a quarterback one on the week and he didn't throw a touchdown. He threw two picks. Yeah, he was still
0: a quarterback one. Imagine if he threw a touchdown. (laughs) God. Yeah, he's he's gotta be the MVP. I mean, obviously I'm a Chiefs fan and I would love for Mahomes, you know, to get it and he's playing out of his mind too. But what Hertz has done this year, I think in contrast to what he has been nothing else i mean most improved mvp like whatever you want to give him. i think he's got he he put that team on his back like they needed him to do what yeah. he did otherwise it was just not going to happen mm-hmm. that was not that was not going to be a win for
1: them which
0: is well, wild to say but
1: yeah and, and then you look at somebody like miles sanders right miles sanders he he went ghost mode in this one he had 11 carries for 42 yards he fumbled the ball he had less than two fantasy points i think this is what this is It ebbs and flows with Miles Sanders in this run game because Jalen Hurts is the RB1. He was the RB1 last year. He is the Mm -hmm. RB1 for this team this year. And if you're lucky, you're going to get some production out of Miles Sanders, but you can't count on it on a consistent basis, I think.
0: I, Miles Sanders totally hosed me. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, he posted something or maybe it was Instagram. He posted, he's like, I don't care about your fantasy teams or something like that because <laughs> they think he's getting roasted. And I think for a lot of these NFL guys, they say they don't care, but they all care. that means is they sucked ass that week. Yeah. in fantasy. And they like, see
1: your comments. Yeah. You didn't yeah. do anything that week. And yeah. I think
0: that fantasy highlights that they didn't do anything. Exactly. I think without fantasy, some of these guys could hide in the background, but like yeah. it brings all of their shit it to does. the table. Um, I was relying on miles this week cause I needed him. I was hoping he'd get a touchdown or two. And the fact that he did the exact opposite, I took it rather personally. <laughs> I gotta ask. So did you, were you in the
1: playoffs in any, any of your leagues?
0: I was in a couple leagues and I got bounced in the first round in both of them, Damn. my teams decided to lay eggs
1: right away. Yeah. So yeah. I'm in the same boat. You and I are in the same boat, man. I, I made it in all three of my leagues was in the playoffs and, uh, I will be exiting the playoffs here after this week in all three of them. So. Mm -hmm. in some parts, stupidity on my own, my own part, AJ Brown, nine for 16, saw 46% target share 181 yards. He had 27 fantasy points without a touchdown, but that target share is just insane. Obviously AJ Brown's a starter for you. Devontae Smith also probably needs to be in your, your starting lineup. He went five for eight for 126 yards and put up almost 18 fantasy points. Dallas Goddard, I believe did come back this week and, and Smith has still found a way to succeed. So, um, You got Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Smith, and and maybe this is the best fantasy trio. Hurts is QB1, A.J. Brown, wide receiver 5, and Smith, wide receiver 17. So very clearly, depending on game script and how things are going, they can all find a way to succeed. Last thing here uh, is Adam Schefter reported right before that we hit the record button that Jalen Hurts may not play Saturday against the Cowboys due to a sprained shoulder. I think this is a safe route you and i kind of discussed it right before we clicked go but uh minchu magic yeah. minchu mania are we about to see it yeah 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 i think so and then of course miles sanders will probably go
0: off next week yeah. when i yeah. needed him to go off this week <laughs> uh, i think if dallas we'll get to the dallas game i think if dallas would have won and they would have tightened up you know kept that division interesting um yeah. i think you would have seen hertz play this one out but i think now that they got a, a comfortable little lead that one seed's good to go pretty much i mean
1: why no why no no yeah why there's no yeah. need yeah i agree all right we're going to move on to probably the 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 team i'm most excited here for is the <laughs> chiefs texans i i uh in our show notes here i said alan and scotty can lead this conversation because you guys are both chiefs fans um uh, not a chiefs podcast we're not a chiefs podcast at all no, no we're dolphins podcast um dolphins, probably. i'll let you, take it away man What i mean what are, what are you seeing here from this chiefs team
0: yeah, I think um I'll do a quick overview. One, uh if Mahomes wasn't on this team, this team was not make the playoffs. The fact okay. that he had to go 20 straight completions to end the game just to like get a win in overtime is insane. The rest when the rest of the team is just shitting the bed, um at least Mahomes was there to kind of clean things up. The defense is bad. They're leaky. Um, the offense has to basically score all the time. doesn't matter who they're playing. They literally have to score every time. And so I think it puts a lot of pressure on uh, a lot of the guys. Um, I will say, this is not a referee podcast either, but Carl Cheffers <laughs> is such a dick. Every time the Chiefs play, this motherfucker sc- throws so many flags, but it all goes back to back in the playoff game against the Steelers when uh, the Chiefs lost by two. Uh, Travis Kelsey called out Carl Cheffers and said he wouldn't even be able to work at a footlocker in those clothes. <laughs> and ever since that time, way back Kelsey, when anytime Carl Cheffers refs a chiefs game, it is, I think the chiefs had like a hundred yards in penalties or some stupid thing. And That's not a way I think way half to of, the, I think half of those penalties were drive extenders on third down for the Texans. If you look at the box score, the the chiefs had like over 500 yards of offense. <laughs> The Texans had like 200 yards. So
1: Kelsey them. really screwed the Chiefs organization. The Chiefs hosed us. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Kelsey Kelsey hosed us, yeah. you guys. Yeah. Uh, um, Jarek McKinnon. Let's let's discuss this for just a moment here. He's RB one on the week. He went 10 for 52 and one, eight for eight for 70 yards and a touchdown. Almost 35 fantasy points, and he finished the game in overtime on a touchdown run to close out the game. I, I want to bring him up, not only because he did great for fantasy, but because what is the implications for him moving forward? You know, we've we've been very high on Isaiah Pacheco as a team. Isaiah Pacheco has looked great. He looks like somebody who has, he just can't sit still. Um, but I think Jarek McKinnon may be the guy to play the rest of the year. And I don't know if you feel the same way about that, but he he just seems like you know you talk about this chiefs offense you talk about how patrick mahomes really has carried this team and they would not be a playoff contending team without patrick Mahomes. which by the way i agree with 100 percent and wholeheartedly you and you know i i'm gonna bring this up for just a moment my mo- my mother is a chiefs fan but she's one of those like she doesn't really understand football but because she grew up as a chiefs fan so she comes to me and she's like hey what's going on with the chiefs why are we losing against this team what's this team's record why are they so bad you know so she's asking me those questions and and I, I i say this because i was explaining this to her you don't have a lot of weapons on this team you, truth be told you don't i mean you have patrick mahomes are you travis kelsey's great and i'm not going to take anything away from him but besides that you don't have an elite wide receiver like tyreek hill you have some kind of like okay we got some guys who might be kind of frisky Jarek McKinnon is the passing down back. And if we continue and this is my opinion and you can correct me or or share your opinions because I'd love to hear them. But the chief, the chief's offense is a pass first offense. That's what they've always been. And Mm -hmm. they don't run the ball. They pass the ball and that is their inclination. And I totally understand that. But I think that's why Jarek McKinnon might be the play is because he's the passing down back. And we saw it this week. We saw him get involved a lot because of the game script if the Chiefs continue to play like they have against the Broncos and the Texans these last two weeks, I think Jared McKinnon probably is the play.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think McKinnon also, I mean, he's a good run. I mean, he can run the ball too. You could see even in that last play. Yeah. He did something that Pacheco wouldn't do. And that was, you know, wait for that hole to develop and then hit it. Pacheco just would have ran in there as hard as he could right away. Um, which whatever And Pacheco fumbling the ball, that's going to put you in the doghouse. Yeah. Very quickly. So that could have also been just a game thing. Um, From Andy Reid. I will say I will say one thing. You know, you look at all the NFL teams that are at the top, top, right? You take like the top three or four, NFC, AFC. They all have elite wide receivers. Fucking Joe Burrow, as much as everybody wants to give Joe Burrow praise, that dude has like three elite wide receivers at his disposal that he can throw to at any moment. Yeah. You know, you know, Jalen Hurts has an elite wide receiver he can throw to. Sure. Uh Josh Allen does. Mahomes doesn't. He still is leading the best offense in the NFL and we just sat here and said he has no weapons he has yeah. nothing so if you want to put a little mvp plug in for a quarterback you maybe look at a dude that we're saying has nothing and has a shit yeah. defense and is still won the division is still in the hunt for the one seed and still has a number one offense
1: yeah and 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 that's 100% true i mean you that's great it's a great take that i don't disagree with I'm interested to see how these next couple weeks go because they're going to play the Broncos again. I think next week, you guys, or this upcoming week, I, I can't remember who you guys got off the top of my head, but it's um, Seattle. Okay, so it's Seattle. And then I want to say it's the Broncos again. Is that right? I think so. I think yeah, they have right. to end with the Broncos. The Seattle game is going to be interesting. The Seattle game is going to be interesting. I think that's going to be, if uh, this last two weeks are any indication, it's going to be a little scarier than, than I think some... You know i I was gonna say real quick. My, I don't think the Chiefs go very far in the playoffs this year. No. Mm -mm. All right. Give me who's gonna win the Super Bowl. Who's gonna be in the Super Bowl? Who's gonna who's gonna go in there? Uh, who's gonna be in the Super Bowl? Yes.
0: I like the Bills and I like the Eagles.
1: Okay. I I like the Bills, and I well I like the Eagles. Eagles are my number one. I I think the Eagles could win it all. Um, Bills roster-wise also, um, 49ers could be in that conversation, too. Those are kind of my three that are like, let's see how this plays out. Yeah. Is there anything else for this Kansas City or Texans team that we need to talk about? No, nobody on the Texans.
0: That's the wild thing. We're out like all their starters. There's nothing even playable fantasy-wise for the Texans. There's nothing to to
1: move on from. Yet they almost won. So uh, that was not a dig. We're going to move on to... The Cowboys versus the Jags. This is a big for fantasy football production. So congratulations to anybody that played players in this game. This game ended. And I don't know if you had the opportunity to see this, the the ending of this game, Dak threw a ball to Noah Brown, hit him in the hands wide receiver, his wide receiver bounced off his hands and the Jacksonville Jaguars defense got a pick six to win the game. It's pretty devastating for, and I'm sure Cowboys fans were just sad because that wasn't Dak's fault. It hit his wide receiver right in the hands and, and game mm-hmm. over. Tough to see. But I think really the, the story here is Trevor Lawrence, right? He went 27 for 42, 318 yards and four touchdowns. He has been a top five quarterback since week 10. Is Trevor Lawrence the real deal? Is Sarah Jessica Parker coming in with her freaking <laughs> hair, whipping it around, Sunshine. just showing the NFL what's going on?
0: Sunshine. The, I, I was watching this game uh, and I was watching it with a Dallas fan. Um, good buddy of mine, and he was—you could tell, you could see the roller coaster of emotions of Dallas kicking ass <laughs> and then it coming back down. <laughs> it felt bad for him, but he, Trevor Lawrence, does make a ton of boneheaded plays. But it does remind you a lot of like an early Peyton Manning, um, when he would just throw a ton of picks. And I don't know. I mean, he's developed. You can say he's improved. So yeah. will I he take another step? That. Right? Like, will you take another? I think he's. I think it's very interesting. I if I. And playing long term i am holding on for dear life because i think i think he could be a good fantasy football po- point town for the next foreseeable future
1: yeah and you know we had a question from one of our brainiacs on twitter that we will tackle at the end of the episode regarding trevor lawrence but um yeah and he doesn't have great wide receivers either i mean you want to talk about uh, zay jones christian kirk um by the way zay jones uh wide receiver one on the week he went six for eight for 109 and three touchdowns he's been the wide receiver seven over the past five weeks so i you know you can't ignore that i think at this point zay jones is a must start for those that own him um christian kirk also had double digits he went six for ten for 92. um and then etn you know he he uh he did something this week he went 19 for 103 and then two for three for 24 yards he put up 12.7 fantasy points so great to see he's getting work back in the fold he's he's I don't want to say he's a smash play on a week to week basis, but it's good to see that he is putting up some fantasy football production.
0: Yeah, one thing I'll say, talking about the success of the Jaguars, like how many people probably played the Dallas defense this week, thinking Dallas defense they're legit. really good. Yeah, you know we this is probably and in the beginning of the game you probably felt comfortable, um, mm-hmm. but it's kind of wild back to back weeks they you know they struggled with the Texans too and they struggled you know and then they got beat by the Jaguars now so kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, how their defense is backsliding a little bit. Well, maybe it's one of those things. And look, I'm not an NFL player. I'm not going to, I know I might look ripped. I might look very athletic. I'm not. And I just, I want to let all of our brainiacs know that. Um, but I don't know, like, and, and I don't know what the locker rooms, like, I don't know what, uh, what game script is like, like, is this like, a? oh, these teams are bad. So we can kind of coast these, these two weeks or something. And so I don't know. And I, I, we won't know that, but I'm just spitballing, um, Evan Ingram. Tight end number three, the past five weeks, eight for 10 for 62 yards and this one for 14 yards. I think Evan Ingram, he's certainly in that must start conversation, depending upon your tight end situation, which probably is murky for a lot mm-hmm. of people. I, I like Evan Ingram. He's he's getting involved, man. And then Zeke, Zeke and Pollard both did very well. Zeke went 16 for 58 and one Pollard, 19 for 75. They both had very similar fantasy football points, roughly around 15. So both usable guys. And then cd Lamb, obviously you're gonna play him and he did okay he almost put up 20 points of fantasy so anything else we need to cover we want to move on to the falcons and saints no we're good let's move on okay uh saints win this one 21 to 18. okay desmond ritter first game and it was less than impressive i don't know if you got, got the uh, chance to watch this one it wasn't i was so excited i was like man, this is, this is his debut. But I think this was, uh, you know, I was actually expecting this and I think probably most people were, it was his first NFL start and it's week freaking 15, man. Like you're not going to do great. You're a rookie quarterback that they throw in at the end to see if you can do it. He almost got it done. Kind of, I I think for more than anything else, this was the Falcons are very run first team and they, they like to run the ball often. What I do want to note here is Tyler Algeo. He went 17 for 139 and one, and Cordero Patterson went fourteen for fifty-two and one. Algiers saw fifty-two percent of the snaps, and Patterson saw forty-six percent. So I think re- realistically, you look at this: the future is bright for Algier owners, is how I look at this. I mean, Patterson right. is old, and, and Algiers a rookie. They're getting him involved, and he's doing pretty damn well. So I, I think in a dynasty format, you're certainly excited for that—the opportunity of what this this could be. And I want to see Ridd- I want to see Ritter a little bit more. I want to see him continue to improve and see, is he going to be the face of the franchise for this team moving forward for the next bare minimum in the next couple of years? Or are they going to look towards the future and just grab a new quarterback in this draft? Because they spent a third to, round draft on him. They did, Do you want them to put up a Ritter statue? Just preemptive, like get it chiseled, ready to go. I own him in Dynasty. So, yeah, I would actually like that a lot because that would just that would really make me feel comfortable. <laughs> just get it started. Season. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you just could get tell- it started.
0: I didn't watch this game live. I caught some of the highlights. You could tell there, I mean, it was his first start. They weren't going to have him out there checking down and doing all this shit. They, they yeah. kept it very vanilla. They ran the ball a shit ton and they almost got the job done, mm-hmm. which Andy Reed, if you listen to this podcast, can you please he pay does. attention to running the ball and <laughs> not throwing it a shit ton? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that, I mean, you, don't, you, there's, you can't take anything away from that game from him. He did yeah. well. He managed it. I don't think he turned the ball over. He just, he was kind he of did. in there.
1: Yeah. So. And that's, you know, if you want to talk about a bright spot, I think that is, that is it, right? Like you want to see, and, and we, I didn't expect much of him, but I, I, I'm glad to see that he's being worked in. So um, can't stop, won't stop 88. Appreciate you tuning in brother. Al uh, Jair, great dynasty own. He agrees with us. So I, I appreciate it uh, very much. Drake London, seven for 11. Great to see. And, and I think this is a bright spot for those that, Wanted to see Ritter come out is how is he gonna look at how's he gonna look at this offense? I mean, it, London saw 42% target share. He saw 12 fantasy points. So Drake London, man, especially without Kyle Pitts, I wish we had a full healthy offense with Ritter out there to kind of just and, and I wasn't expecting greatness, right? but I wanted to see the what if. Like and I not what if this week, what if next week, but what could potentially be? So I, I think that you've kind of got to be excited for that, and and let's see how Ritter continues to play. Alvin Kamara, twenty-one attempts for ninety-one yards and zero touchdowns. He saw he went two for two for thirteen yards through the air. This is the first game since Week Eight where he got over one hundred total yards. Kamara bust? Question mark? Dude, what what happened?
0: What this know. year was weird. You had all your you had all these know. top guys just like. Not do a damn thing. I don't know if to bust. I don't know if... Yeah, very weird. I mean, obviously, we know he doesn't have an elite passing game behind him, which I think he feasts off of, right? Like, he needs those receptions. He needs that. Yep. He needs to work in space, and he has no space to work. So, a, part, mm. a lot of that isn't on him, uh, I'll say. But, you know, he had the off-the-field issues to start the season. Yeah. I don't know how much of that, like, totally derailed his year.
1: Mm. And then
0: with the offense being, you know, who knows how that all played together. I mean, he's obviously not a bust because he is really good. I think it's just one of those years where it highlights how important having a quarterback is to
1: all these NFL franchises.
0: And as sure. soon as you don't have it, it really waters well, down everybody else.
1: Absolutely, and I was gonna touch on that. I mean, Olave, rookie wide receiver, went three for four for 53 yards. He's wide receiver 32 over the past five weeks. They've switched quarterbacks, man. And so like, at one point it was Laser Jameis, and then it was Andy Dalton. And then oh yeah, you have Taysom Hill come in there a couple times. Like you have no identity in that position. And that, I feel like that's extremely problematic for the wide receiver core to build some chemistry with a guy because you just keep switching it up on him. And it makes mm-hmm. it difficult. Andy Dalton, you know, he's not great anyway. Um, very difficult. And I think Saints fans, unfortunately, you're in cap space hell. So I don't know what you like what <laughs> You, I think you just kind of have to turn your TV off for the next three or four years and let's hit a hard reset on this whole team because it's Ugh. not looking great for you. Like, if uh, I had to pick any any team that is just there with no team. sight of like like hopeful optimism into the future, it's probably the Saints at the yeah. moment.
0: Across across a lot of NFC, I think you you won't hear many people complaining. I think a lot of people hated the Saints yeah. <laughs> for a long time, yeah. especially all the bounty gate and stuff. I do want to touch on that. You mentioned Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, when Drew Brees was there, it was cute when he'd come in and do that. You're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, he fun. comes in now. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are these players? <laughs> like, who is this? <laughs> they're Why? Desperate. They're desperate to move yeah, the ball down the like, field,
1: so they're going to do what they get, whatever they have ooh, to to do it.
0: Taysom's in. What is he going to do? Like, yeah. It's just, yeah. He's very odd, very odd. It's like they're just yeah. trying to keep the show running with totally terrible Just characters. a bunch of scraps, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, We're going to move on to the Lions-Jets game. Let's go, Dan Campbell. I love you, brother. Scotty, I know you're listening out there. <laughs> Screw you. Uh, Zach Wilson, I think, is really what I want to touch on. He should never be allowed to play football again. That's, I, that's my look at it. I'm ready to she see touched. Zach Wilson get benched he did put up like 20 points for fantasy. They lost the game. I would have loved nothing more than to see Mike white. Unfortunately, he, he, he went to uh, 10 different doctors and none of them cleared him to play. Um, (laughs) So we got Zach Wilson, right? Uh, you can't be excited about any of the wide receivers when Zach Wilson's back there, Garrett Wilson, four for nine for 98 yards, 27% target share, but couldn't get it done because you have to be cognizant of, Who's throwing him the ball? Detroit defense continues to hold running backs in check. They've really been on a run lately, mm-hmm. or rather, the complete opposite. Uh, Bam Knight and Michael Carter, 38 total rushing yards on 17 combined carries. The Lions running defense. I I don't know, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know if that young rookie Aiden Hutchinson is just shutting them down, but it's cool to see. And the Lions are kind of—they're sneaky making up a comeback. Proof. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown was my my sit of the week this last week, and uh, I don't want to say I'm eating crow because Amon Ross finishes wide receiver twenty-three, so he was almost out of almost out of playability as a wide receiver. Two. He barely <laughs> he... squeezed in as a wide receiver too. So. <laughs> I was I was slightly wrong but I I you know we did see a severe downtick in his production. Um he went 7 for 10 for 76 yards. He put up 15 fantasy points. So you're not going to hate it, you're not going to love it. Um that's where he finished. So, yeah. Is what it is. Um last thing to note in this one for me is DeAndre Swift leads the running back room this week. He saw eight carries for 52 yards and he got worked into the passing game quite a bit. He went 5 for 9 for 23 yards. So, the targets were there. The yards, maybe not. Saw yeah. 28% Jamal had a. Jamal had a
0: uh, touchdown called back. I thought yeah. he snuck another one in there. That and I was like, player.
1: oh, here we go again. <laughs> but he had it called back. So everybody's like, oh, okay. Uh, Jamal Williams, you mentioned him. He had 13 carries for 33 yards and a 21% snap count. And then Jackson saw six carries for 16 yards. So... I you know, we've said this before. I think if there was anybody that I'd want to play, it's probably Jamal. I still stand by that. Um, but you on a week-to-week basis, it's just who in the hell is gonna be the running back for this team. They don't have an identity yeah. back there, and it's uh it shows. So for fantasy, I would I would take Jamal. Uh we want to move on to actually probably the worst game of the week. <laughs> Yeah. In the Cardinals probably. versus the Broncos. It was the battle of the you backups. In like the backups, backups. I was gonna uh, say back backup. Yeah. Uh, Colt McCoy. He's the backup for the Cardinals. He left the game with a concussion and I'm gonna say this name and you probably never have heard Trace McSorley. He played the remainder yeah, of the baby. game. QB three for the Cardinals. And stay, baby. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh and, and Brett Ripon, uh Ripon, however you pronounce his name, Ripen. quarterback for the Broncos, he played on the other side because Russ was out with a concussion. So um, gross. This whole game was absolutely atrocious as a Cardinals fan. I'm not even interested in watching the games anymore because it's so gross. Our defense Boy, is bad. Lost. Our offense is bad. What do you do? Latavius Murray. He finishes RB nine on the week, 24 for one Oh three and one Jerry. Judy has still seen success without Russ seven for eight for 76 yards. Not incredible, but, The Broncos are not incredible, so um, it was okay. And then James Conner went 16 for 63 and one. He put up 18 fantasy points. He's RB eight since returning from his injury on week nine. He gets Tampa Bay and Atlanta rest of season. So James Conner, you're probably going to be starting him because of where you drafted him at. But I don't know if I necessarily Tampa Bay's defense last couple weeks has been non-existent, which is somewhat surprising because they were a top 10 defense for quite a while at the beginning of this year. And they've kind of faded from that a little bit.
0: Yeah, that game yesterday against the Bengals, they started off. They started off really good. Yeah, they got a lot of they got a lot of starters back. But then the literally the second half of that game. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we're talking. I know we're moving ahead, but to the Buccaneers, but we'll talk about it. But that that wasn't indicative of the defense. If I'm looking at James Conner, Tampa Bay is probably not where I'd want to put him. Probably. If you make it that far, flex him for the Atlanta game. And same with Latavius, I'd I'd be that'd be a solid flex rest of the year. You know, you're looking to. Get that ten to fifteen point range um, production because he's just going to keep getting
1: fed. Yeah, and especially with with Kyler being out, I think that that's you know they're going to rely on the run a little bit more. So I, I agree with that. Tampa still maybe I have some concerns there. The Falcons definitely a smash play if you can make it to the end. um We're going to move on. Oh, God, I'm so excited to talk about this. Before we even go into conversation, we actually have a clip for you guys. This is none other than the Patriots Raiders game. Raiders win this game 30 to 24 I we will be talking about this again with Yeti on Wednesday I can almost guarantee it but if you did not see what happened we're gonna play the clip for you right now Mac Hollins out on defense he's all the way back as uh, Stevenson is anyone gonna is it out the 30 flips it back Stanford band nowhere in sight oh it's picked off oh oh no Unbelievable. Oh, wow incredible chandler jones takes it in and wins the game for the raiders chandler Jones. oh no oh wow Oh oh (laughs) oh no oh wow you saw if you if you're listening on the podcast i apologize for just the complete audio but uh essentially uh jacoby myers turned and went to throw it to mac jones chandler jones which is actually really funny like you think about this you think they were both just standing there like Chandler Jones and Mac Jones were standing probably 20 yards back they were probably talking like hey you know how do you like being a Patriot man he's like yeah, you know it's got its perks I got Bill Belichick he's an all right." oh shit gotta go catches the ball. ball's coming and I guarantee you Chandler Jones as he stiff-armed Mac Jones into the ground he said he, he got in his ear and he whispered I'm the better Jones and smashed his head <laughs> into the ground and ran in for a touchdown Raiders win the game What in the absolute fuck was Jacoby Myers
0: doing? What?
1: (laughs) God. Dude, he ran back like
0: 15 yards to then throw it back another 20 yards. Yeah. Absurd.
1: And I'm super
0: confused for no reason at all. The game Um, was tied
1: with two seconds. Very
0: wild. Yeah, that was very wild. Yeah, I totally get that if you're losing and you're like doing whatever you can, but like, you literally had a whole nother quarter to play if you wanted. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why? uh Stevenson came out afterwards and said he wasn't even supposed to ladder up like that wasn't the play call it was just a straight
1: run and and I was gonna I was gonna say this that was so impressive Stevenson literally just like kind of like flick reached it over and got it to Jacoby Myers and it was really fucking cool I was like damn that was really nice and Jacoby Myers completely fucked up (laughs) but like it was cool it was nice to see um, that part. And then obviously for Raiders fans, you've got to be so excited. So um, <laughs> Yeti is, is kind of filling in notes in the back. And he said, uh, Chandler James Jones is an American football defensive end for the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. He also plays wide receiver for the New England Patriots. And that is exactly what happened there. More than anything else, what I really want to know is Sitting in that locker room, and Bill Belichick walks in. Does he just look, does he grab Jacoby Myers and bend him over like an angry parent in front of the entire oh. team, and just spank him and berate him and tell him how? Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I don't. Man?
0: I don't know. That'd be a fun film session to just sit on and see what they were talking about.
1: Like. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room, especially in that game.
0: <laughs> hey, um, shout out, shout out to Chandler Jones, though, man. You got he was he caught the ball nicely, <sighs> did a nice. Stiff
1: arm buried Mac just and destroyed him. It was cool way, to see. all the way. It was yeah, cool Mike. to see. I was watching that live and I, I was like, I don't care about either team. Right. And I'm screaming, like I'm screaming, running around in the living room right behind me. And I'm just like, this is insane. And my girlfriend is in there. My sister's in there. And they're like, what's going on? And I'm like, this was the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen in the NFL ever. Yeah. I was, I texted you guys. I was
0: fixing a cabinet. And yeah. I assumed it was going into <laughs> overtime. I checked it. I was like, oh, it's going overtime. Let me fix this cabinet real quick. And then I yeah. looked at my phone. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did you fix the cabinet? Did you, was it done? It's fixed. Yes. Okay, it's fixed. Thank God. Just want to make sure. Shout out, shout out me.
1: Yo, big shout out to you for fixing that cabinet. And big shout out to Chandler Jones for catching that ball and running in for touchdown. uh Raiders offense continues to be very uh, predictable. Run, 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 play action. Why in the hell is Devante Adams only being used as a deep threat? Yeah, I was counting on Adams, man. I really was. He was somebody that uh, I was in a really close matchup. He went four for nine for 28 yards, and that is extremely sad to see from a top tier elite wide receiver. I don't know if the Raiders forgot that they went and traded for this guy and spent quite a bit for a top tier wide receiver only to not get him involved. Josh Jacobs, very clearly still great. 22 carries, 93 yards, um, two for three for 17 yards. So he didn't get a touchdown, but the production is there, and you got to love that. Um, Darren Waller got a touchdown. I don't know. Ramondre looked great. That's really the only other thing that I have to put in here. Ramondre Stevenson went 19 for 172 and one, almost 25 fantasy points. And I think you continue to play every running back against the Raiders is kind of how I look at it.
0: I'd love to see if Yeti thought if uh, Keelan Cole was inbounds on that touchdown to keep game yeah. going.
1: Yeah. Cause I, was I, he, I uh,
0: here's my proposition. I don't think, he, I don't think if, he was, I don't think he was, but if the Raiders are saying that was cool, then we should call it a draw with the Tom Brady tuck fumble. Now the NFL's is <laughs> all square. Everybody's all square. Every, if, it's he to, if he was in, if he was
1: in, everybody's all square. <laughs> it's bad. To, back to net neutral there. Um, yeah, absurd absolutely absurd and what a Raiders fans congratulations that was that was freaking nuts to see so uh next game here is the Titans versus the Chargers Chargers win this game 17 to 14. This game is pretty boring I I watched portions of it as it as it flowed through on red zone it was pretty freaking boring but I will say this was probably one of the coolest interceptions I think I've ever seen in NFL so I'm going to play it for you guys as well uh, this one's gonna run for about 30 seconds because I want to. I want you to watch it from multiple angles. It was really cool. So here we go. On the right side, we can go off and get him too. Herbert looking deep, throwing one up from Mike Williams and it's intercepted. Did he get the feet in? Yes, a touchback. Joshua Kalou off the deflection. McQuery deflected it and Kalou has his first NFL interception. Trying to throw that jump ball. It's a little bit beyond. Williams, wow. And he tosses it back in. Wow. Oh, what- that was cool, man. That's wild. That was absolutely freaking nuts. If you can't see it because you're listening on your podcast, no worries. I'll tell you what happened. Um, Herbert threw a ball. It was out of bounds. The D-back actually jumped out of bounds while his feet were in the air. He caught the ball, threw it back to another DB, and he caught it for the interception. It was absolutely awesome so aside from the, one
0: more time back what's that he should have gone he should he could have thrown it one more time to the defensive back behind him that's what he should have he done should have done yeah going. just keep tip drill hello should have just been like yeah
1: <laughs> just keep it going yeah he absolutely should have this game is pretty boring though I mean um, yeah Derek Henry obviously is really the only person on this Titans offense I think at all he went 21 for 104 and one and then he saw another four catches for 59 yards he put up almost 27 fantasy points what did the Titans do after Henry's falls off? Are they just done? Cause they have it's nothing. It's gotta be coming. Right. It, Henry's it has, fall off I has to was be gonna coming happen right? this year. I really did, yeah. but he's, he's still there. Well, so they I, got
0: rid of their GM who got rid they did. of AJ. Yeah, so, exactly.
1: <laughs> you yeah. know, they are not very happy with the direction. As soon as AJ Brown went off on them, they cut their, they, they fired their GM. Um, cause Traylon Burks is not really what I think they thought he would be.
0: He's not no, AJ I Brown. No, I don't know why these like front office people overthink it. Like they're like, oh, this know. guy might be the next no, you had the guy. What what are you doing? I, yeah. yeah
1: I don't is. know. I have no idea. Um Chigaz <laughs> There's a note in here. I'm trying to say the tight end's name. Uh Chigazim Okan Okonwo. Okonwo? Yeah, I don't know. Cumber? There yet he said in in parentheses, say his name, pussy. So I'm doing it. Uh he went four for five for fifty-four yards, ten fantasy points, three straight weeks with double digit fantasy points. So um if you're making it that far into the playoffs and you're looking for a tight end, he might not be a bad bet because as we just mentioned, Derrick Henry is really the only person in this offense. Um they gotta throw the ball to somebody. So he might be <laughs> worth a five. might be worth that tight end position. Yeah, Tannehill uh,
0: died and then came back to life in this yeah. game as well. Yeah, so Willis that's also cool. We saw resurrection on Sunday <laughs> in this game. So that was one of the other cool parts of this game.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen were fine. Um, Austin Eckler went 12 for 58 and one. And then he, he saw th- two catches for 12 yards. He missed a stretch of this game due to an arm injury, which kind of helped Joshua Kelly as far as his production. Joshua Kelly went 10 for 24 and one and saw another catch for seven yards. So I would say monitor that Austin is probably going to play this upcoming week, but just, just be cognizant of it. If for those that own him and are for sure counting on him, because if you miss him, Joshua Kelly would be a very clear grab for me in that, that juncture. Yeah. This is
0: part of that AFC South back alley brawl that yeah. tends to happen. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't over, wouldn't overthink it.
1: All right. Uh, we're going to move to the Bengals box. Bengals win this one 34 to 23, which is somewhat surprising to me because as you and I were talking uh, right before we clicked record about this game a little bit, the, the Bengals had this game or the Bucks, excuse me, had this game for quite a while and the, it was like it was looking a little murky for the Bengals. And I was like, man, are the Bucks really going to pull this out? They didn't. Bengals won this game uh, and Tampa choked pretty well, I would say they were leading pretty handily and Joe Burrow came back and did Joe Burrow things. Um Third quarter was played entirely on the Bucks' side of the field. The ball didn't go on the other side of the 50 at all. Certainly helped. If you played any of these wide receivers in either side of the ball, you were probably pretty happy about it. But Russell Gage, uh, he led the led the wide receiver room for the Bucs. He went 8 for 12 for 59 and 2. So Chris Godwin also put up over 20 points. Mike Evans, is he's having a hard time. Like, is there a possibility that Mike Evans is done? I think so. I think okay. he's...
0: He's one of those guys in the NFL, like uh, Aaron Donald. He got his ring, and it's kind of like, what what else do I have? You know, and he sees what this team is. Not that he's not trying hard, but I just don't think there's as much motivation for him to go out there and throw his brain in the middle of everything.
1: Yeah. He he went five for 10 for 83. So um, tough, tough to see. And then if you had Higgins, Boyd, or Chase, they all put up over uh, 15 or over roughly. So. The last thing in this game that I really wanted to touch on is this Bucks running back room because it has ebbed and flowed throughout the years. We have seen, you know, Lenny owned it for a good portion of it, then white. And now it's kind of looking like Lenny might own it again. Question mark Uh, playoff Lenny. He played 58% of the snaps. He went 10 for 44. Um, And then you've got, uh, he went four for four through the air for 30 yards. Rashad white 39% of the snap count 11 for 38, one for two for five yards. So like, what is this you know is this back to Lenny's Lenny's backfield in your in your eyes or what are you thinking I think this is
0: to me is like Miami's approach to the bills I think you could see the Bucks came out and wanted to wanted to run it more and they tried and tried and tried and then mm-hmm. they had to abandon it all when their offense yeah. started and special teams started turning the ball over
1: mm-hmm.
0: the Lenny looked good Is weird because it was weird, it looked like he did some, look pretty good if somebody like told him on the sidelines, like, "Hey, we're gonna totally cut you right after this if you don't try," <laughs> and just went out there and tried, like, that's how it looks to me. Like somebody threatened him with his job. But yeah. White also looked at like they they were using him. I mean, it's split, man. We say this yeah. week after week, game after game, split backfield, split backfield, split backfield. You just, I think, you White, never know who's gonna get it.
1: Yeah, I think White in dynasty format, I would definitely be buying him right now because Lenny's on a contract year after this. I think it's White's backfield like in and oh, yeah. he's a rookie and he looks great. I I think white if you're in a dynasty format his price is probably as low as it's going to be for a while.
0: Yeah, and we'll see what Brady does at the end of this year. Obviously, he that said he wants to factor. play again, but I I don't think he plays for the Bucks next year. You um, think he goes somewhere? So, Cuz
1: contract is that bad for this year, is that right?
0: Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's good to go. I'll be interested to see where he goes. Um, Vikings.
1: Kirk Cousins is on. He, he'll be done after this year <laughs> with the Vikings. I want to
0: see him go to the I want to see him on the 49ers. That would be fun. He's, you know, that's his.
1: He's a West Coast boy. He I don't think have, it's gonna happen though. They got too much. I don't daylight. think it's gonna happen. That would. Yeah, I don't fun. think it's gonna happen. But I would like to see that. Yeah, that would be really, really fun. Uh, but I don't see it either. I, there is a decent. I think he probably goes elsewhere. I I could see that very well happening. Um. All right. I think that's the last game. Besides, I don't even want to talk about this game. Is the Giants versus the Commanders? Giants win this game twenty to twelve. It was gross. It was an average game it's pretty boring overall i was counting on daniel jones to get me 20 points because mike white was out and that that didn't happen um so yeah aside from that uh, john Dotson he went four for six for 105 and a tutty put up 20 fantasy points and then saquon barkley you know we you want to talk about derrick henry is the only weapon that a team has the giants that is all that is the only weapon they have barkley went 18 for 87 and one um and then he went five for eight for thirty three, so he put up twenty three points. I, I mean, I you know what I, I will say this, and I don't know if you agree. It, the Giants, right? Brian Table's a good coach, man, because they're 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 competitive in games when they have no wide receivers at all, and they have Daniel Jones, who's just an okay quarterback. All they have is Saquon Barkley, much like the Titans.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he needs some coordinators to help him out with the schemes. Um, you can tell he's he doesn't. I don't know if he's scheming well enough, but he gets them to play hard and they play together and you know, they, they, you know, that defense was getting after it. They have a game plan. They execute. He's a good coach. He He's, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see where he can develop
1: into. Yeah, I, I am as well. Um, not, not much to say about this game. It's pretty boring overall. So, uh, that concludes the recap and we will move on to our waiver wires. I put this guy on there. The first guy here, I it's KJ Osborne, uh wide receiver for the Vikings. He's currently a pretty popular waiver wire ad Osborne had a career day. He went 10 for 16 for one fifty seven and one. I'm going to tell you right now. I think that's in large part due to game script. I'm not buying Osborne. I'd leave him on the waivers, but if you want him, he's, he's gonna, and you think he's gonna boom. He's only 40% rostered. I'm not reading into this. I'm not buying Osborne at all. I just think it was in large part due to game script, and and that's kind of what got him to where he's at. So a lot of people are buying him. I would pass on that, but that's that's me. The next one though is is worth a little bit more consideration. We talked about it a little bit earlier. John Taylor's out for the rest of the year. He's done probably. We don't have concrete proof or or know that definitively, but I think that it's probably going to be the case. Which brings in Deion Jackson and Zach Moss. So. Uh, Zach Moss went 24 for 81 and zero and Dion Jackson went 13 for 55 and zero with the absence of John Taylor. So, um, Zach Moss, he played 67% of the snaps this last week while Jackson played 32. Neither of these guys are really owned. Zach Moss is 24% owned and Dion Jackson is 31% owned. So I think I would rather have Zach Moss over Dion Jackson. And I think I would probably add Zach Moss pretty quickly because they have a very favorable fantasy schedule over the next two weeks playing the Chargers and the Giants, who are both not great for run matchups. Um, are you taking Zach Moss over Deion Jackson on that one? Yeah, same. If you put okay. a gun to my head, yes, but okay. not excited. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. You got to understand, right? This is week 50 We're going into week 16, so you you probably have your team at this point, but I, you know what I'm going to tell you? Last last year I was playing, I picked out Baum and Ross, St. Saint ba- Saint Brown, and Rashad Penny in leagues last year for redraft, and I played them, and they won me a championship. So there is a waiver wire winning championships, man. And this next person is somebody who you might want to consider, and that is Zay Jones. I don't think we can ignore the Zay Jones breakout anymore. He finishes the wide receiver one on the week. He went six for eight for 109 and three. He's averaging 10.2 targets since week 10 and he's in, he's producing incredibly well with it. He's currently 53% owned and I think he's certainly worth that flex consideration at the moment. But and I put a I put but with all capitals here, it is worth noting that his final two games for fantasy football are against the Jets and the Texans. So proceed with caution because the Jets have a very good defense. In the texans have a very bad defense and so teams historically are not throwing the ball in the texans granted the chiefs you know i'm not trying to rub salt in that wound but um yeah i i don't know how that's gonna go because you know travis etienne it looks really juicy against that texans matchup in the last game of the year for fantasy i agree i agree this last person is Jarek mckinnon Jarek mckinnon I, you know we've talked about isaiah pacheco pretty extensively in on past episodes, but, and he looks great. I, I really do like Pacheco and I think his future could be bright, but I think McKinnon is probably the back to own for this Kansas city chiefs team at the moment. He finishes RB one this last week, last week, the, the week previous. He finishes RB one as well. And if the chiefs are going to continue to play like they have over the last few weeks, I think he's a necessity for this chiefs team. I really do. He's their passing down back. As you mentioned a little bit earlier, we've seen him in the running game and he's certainly usable in that as well. And I think he's probably very close in this must-start conversation for me for the rest of the season because, as as I've stated, like the Chiefs don't have a lot of weapons around him, and I think that helps McKinnon as far as the passing down work is concerned.
0: Oh yeah, Jet, my boy, Jet McKinnon. He he has developed so much in this offense um, out of necessity, and yeah. like you said, he. I think moving forward, he is going to be it. Pacheco, I think, is gonna steal some of those in between the twenties. But I think when they want to score, it, like when you look at red zone situation in fantasy, we want those touchdowns. I think he can run and he can catch out of the backfield. And I think that's exactly what Andy Reid wants when he puts somebody in there because he wants he likes being multiple. Yeah, and that's I mean he's gonna I think he's gonna continue to feast for, through
1: the end of this year. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I think I'd probably spend the rest of my he's 58 percent owned. I, if you have any fab left, I'd probably spend it on Jared McKinnon at this point, because it looks like he's going to be worked into this chief's offense. And that's just kind of how it's progressed as the last couple of weeks have shown. We're going to move on. We got a couple of brainiac questions here. Thank you guys all for being so patient as we have gone through this. Um, we're going to start from the top here. So I've got VT hunter 84 asks us. He said he, he slid in our DMS and he didn't, he didn't ask for any sexy pictures of me, but he did say, oh man. I'm thinking of trading Josh Allen. He's going to trade Josh Allen in a dynasty league for Trevor Lawrence and a few picks. Let's not get too crazy. So he said he wants at least two first rounders this next year in a dynasty format in the off season. He said, "Please talk me out of it." He said, "I do also have the 101 this year, or this upcoming year, in this year's draft." He traded Darnell Mooney in a late first to the guy who's going to take last this year, giving him the first pick overall. I mean, you do it like, are you buying it because, because this is how this is how it works, right? Realistically, you have to look at this question. Are you buying into Trevor Lawrence? Because that's a haul. you're getting three first round picks. Oh, well, two, you have three overall, three overall first round picks in this upcoming draft to get rid of Josh Allen and you get Trevor Lawrence. Would you do it? I think you're muted there, chief.
0: That's my bad. Having I'll some some static on mine. I would do it. Uh, you would? Oh yeah. I think I love Josh Allen. He's a obviously he runs and throws. I think you yeah. started to see this year some of the effects of him running so much, and I, the Bills can't help themselves. And you know it's gambling. You know you got to roll that dice. I think those first round picks. I would do it. Um. I also the Bills cap situation. We'll see how that moves forward and what. Josh Allen will have moving forward as they start having to pay more of these guys and they start turning it over. Um, I would do it. I think the first rounds I like Trevor, I, I would do it
1: for sure. OK, you heard it from Allen. We you wanted us to talk you out of it. We didn't do that. Um, Yeah, I mean, the, 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 if do this it. is a super flex league. I think, yeah, that makes it even more appealing. I would probably do it. That's a lot. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And depending upon where those first rounds land, that could change your team for one player, and I, I think I would do that. Uh, all right, next question comes from Blurpy. Not to be confused with Burpy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Mike White, slash Wilson, or Minshew off of waivers? I got Jalen Hurts, sad face, and he, you know, as we talked about, he might be out. I have my thoughts. I can give mine, or unless you'd rather give yours first. Alan. Do it. Okay. Do it. Oh, baby. Oh, sweet heavens. Give me Mike White. Give me Michael White, baby. <laughs> if he's playing, he's good. He wants to play. He's better. I, look, here's the thing though. You gotta understand. I'm not taking Zach Wilson. You heard it here first. Fuck Zach Wilson. I hate that kid. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: The you Milf heard it Hunter, here first. You heard yeah. it here first. Slapdog fuck, and Milk Want to fuck Jack or Zach Wilson. <laughs>
1: I love Mike white dude I really do he is he is electric he does a lot for this offense he plays Jacksonville this upcoming week if he actually plays he still isn't cleared as of the time of this recording um but if he gets played man Mike Wilson is or Mike White not Mike Wilson uh I I like Mike White here um if if uh Mike White does not play I'm gonna play Jared Goff I'm gonna play Jared Goff he plays Carolina they're not great You know what i might even play jared goff regardless of mike white to be honest with you jared goff has got a favorable matchup jared goff has been playing pretty well i would play either jared goff or mike white that's that's where i'm leaning i'm sorry blurpy about your your mike white loss i i really do i I feel for you but um those are the two guys i would go between and and let's see how mike white progresses next question comes from amon report Chris Ballard must go in or Jim here say, oh, this is just comment. Appreciate your your comment. Sorry. That's not a real question. Um, Can't stop. Won't stop 88. Appreciate your brother. Do the saints win the division? What do you think? Are the saints going to win it all now? No, no. No. Okay. I agree. I don't think they will either. Saints are trash. They're in a, they're in cap space hell and it really sucks. Um, Scott Newman said, need the green Bay defense to perform tonight. Do you think Baker will flop or show out again? I'm gonna say flop. I'll go the other way. You're gonna go the other way on this one. Okay.
0: I think he's gonna lay the pipe.
1: You think you think Baker Mayfield is gonna pull out the pipe and smack Aaron Rodgers with it? All right. Because it idea. doesn't make
0: any sense. That's how the NFL works. Things don't make sense.
1: That's true. Yeah. Um all right. Last question comes from Meme eighty eight, best PPR wide receiver in tonight's game. Um pass. I think that's an option, right? We can just pass, and I don't have to answer that because I don't like either of these offenses. Uh, it's it's pretty Still gross. Watson. You're going to take Watson for PVR? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, right? Because the next question followed up is, how many points do you expect Lazard to get? I'm going to say not a lot. I would say let, let's over-under 11 points is a game that we've been playing all year. Lazard over-under 11 points.
0: In my head, I had seven. So I'm going to okay, so take the under. I will
1: also take the under on that. I, I don't expect Lazard to do it. If I had to pick any wide receiver for the, the Packers, you know, Romeo Dubs is coming back and I'm I'm not saying he's going to be great. I think Christian Watson is still the play for me. Christian Watson, I think, is starting to build a rapport with with uh, Sir Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's knighted, but it sounds cool. Um, so, I, yeah, I think Christian Watson would probably be the play for me. Uh, I, I don't trust Baker Mayfield. So I'm, I'm not going to say that the best wide receiver is on the Ram side of the ball. It would probably be Christian Watson for me as well. Ben Skoronic is kind of fun, but beyond that amount. So, um, and that's it. That's all the questions that we have. So everybody who has tuned in continues to support us. We do greatly appreciate it. This is your first time here. Welcome aboard your brainiac we appreciate that so my recommendation to you would be hit the subscribe button wherever you're on twitch you're on youtube you are on whatever podcast platform hit subscribe and if you could do us as this genuinely means the world hit us with a review hit us with five stars four star or whatever stars you really think we're worth but more than anything else leave us a review because we we want to improve we want to we want to continue to uh to improve ourselves and we're only going to know that if you guys tell us so um and go give us a follow on all media platforms. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're, we're always posting fantasy stuff, interacting with the community. It is a truly a fun time. So I, I highly recommend if you're not doing that, you probably should be. Am I missing anything, Alan? We're good. All right, brother. Once again, everybody, do greatly appreciate it. And we are out.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Leather Brains. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and YouTube, as well as following us at Leather Brains on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking for specific fantasy advice, including draft advice, trade insight, starts and sits, or even if you want our thoughts on your
1: sports bets, please feel free to send us a DM on Twitter for an answer and a chance to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back before you know it.